welcome to NSDA, The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and we're going to start out with a good old save the date for July 25th through the 28th, 2021. We're going to be at the Pfister Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for our annual meeting and convention. Now, folks should know that the School Bus Driver International Safety Competition has been postponed for 2021, but we will be having a welcome reception on Sunday night, July 25th, and then the conference runs through the 28th. So information will be forthcoming. Take a look at your email. We will also have information on the NSTA website at yellowbuses.org. But we wanted you to save the date, July 25th through the 28th, 2021, the Pfister Hotel, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for the NSTA annual meeting and convention. Now, joining us at NSTA, the bus stop today, Stephen Heckler. He's general manager over at Jackson Control and a fairly new NSTA member. So, Stephen, welcome to the bus stop. Hey, thank you, Kurt. It's good to be here. So, you, you guys probably came on board late in 2020, but you have a really interesting technology First time you've been on the bus stop. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Jackson Control? Okay. Prior to 2020, um, I would say Jackson Control had no business being involved with school buses. But with, obviously, the pandemic, our main line of work, which is building automation and building technologies, kind of had a convergence with vehicles that also transport people. But Jackson Control, 50 years, we have been in the building technologies industry. We service about... 900 individual customers and clients and building owners. Some of those are only spending about a hundred bucks. Some of them spend a million dollars. It just depends on the case, but we'll go into a building. If you could think of, you know, walking into any kind of skyscraper, large commercial building or something like that, there's nobody actually running around unlocking doors and turning on lights for you and, and changing temperatures. All that stuff is automated based on how many people are in there, what the conditions are outside against what the conditions are inside. And all that programming and everything is custom to control the air and the safety of a building automatically. So basically, you can go in and you don't have to think about it. That's really the heart of our business. I would say probably a strange thing that happened, the way we ended up being a member of NSTA is in buildings, prior to 2020, about 3% of our work was concerned with indoor air quality. And in 2020, when the construction market was actually down a little bit, 20% of our work became indoor air quality. And it was inevitable due to how much work we actually do in schools and with cities that someone eventually would ask the question, well, a vehicle, a bus, any kind of transportation is also indoor. What can we do there? And it just so happened through the ion generators, which is what we're going to be talking about. We have a solution for that. And I think that's pretty interesting how we ended up here and how the world is kind of changing where people are actually thinking a lot about the air they breathe. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And, you know, your title is general manager over at Jackson Control. Tell the folks what you do day to day outside of, you know, trying to interface with interesting groups like NSTA. I freak out a lot, get a bunch of phone calls all hours of the day. <laughs> That's mostly what I do. So, no, uh, seriously, we, we when you're in buildings and you're dealing with people's personal space, you know, you constantly trying to find the best way, the most energy efficient way to do anything. Plus, those systems can't they can't really be down. So, for me, I manage 
not just the inventory of what type of controllers and what type of programming we're going to use in our systems, but then after those systems are installed, everything needs serviced and scheduling and setting up uh, meetings with engineers and contractors and facility owners. We have some customers who have over a thousand buildings across the country. They can access those buildings remotely from anywhere. They want a sole dashboard where they can get in, see how things are going, make sure the buildings are safe. Maybe there's a camera view they need to look at at a garage or, you know, an event happened. So we manage and make sure all those systems are always up and up to date. And essentially, that's what I do day to day. I actually do freak out a lot. <laughs> no doubt, a little more during the COVID-19 pandemic than normal, but uh, hopefully we're getting back to a sense of normalcy, right? Now, one of the roles at NSTA is that we want to bring folks like you in touch with our school bus contractors, you know, any way possible. So, you know, what we you know generally do is onboard the vendor partner members and try to expose your and your company to you know our membership base. In the case of Jackson Control, we did that through the Manufacturers, Suppliers, and Technology Committee, which I think is a great you know venue to to introduce you know folks to NSTA. On your end, interested to know how you view the partnership. What do you think is, you know, very helpful in terms of getting your foot in the door, you know, with the school bus industry in general? Well, we view it similarly to how we view dealing with any individual school, whether it's private or public. I mean, they're they're trying to find a way to bring people back in safely. And we have what we feel is a very strong solution for that. We think it fits really great with with school buses. I think private I don't know what the actual term is since we're new into the, the school bus world, but a group like NSTA where you don't have your fleets managed directly by the school is more likely to be more innovative and attract something like this and start using it, which will hopefully spread and make everyone's life better and a little safer to bring a technology like this into our transportation. So that's really kind of the value for us. We think it's a great place to start to come in and do the good things that we do in buildings inside uh, the vehicles. Yeah, so we're the private school bus contractor side of the equation, generally referred to the school districts as in-district you know, operators. All of us are operators, but you're right to point out the difference between the public and private operators. And of course, NSDA represents the private side of the equation. Now, one of the nice things about being on the private side of the equation was that we were able to have a midwinter meeting and you know, you get to meet a few of our folks down at Safety Harbor, Florida. You guys had a really great program. I know it spurred a lot of conversation after you had the program. But why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the pillars of your program at the midwinter meeting and just basically what you try to get across to the attendees? Well, I mean, starting with just the really the science of the thing. I mean, you have a you have a particle floating around in the air that you don't like, you know, and we're we're trying to make it go away. So there's a lot of solutions you see. You'll see everyone researching will tell you about UV light, and everyone will talk about HEPA filters. We see the ionization as something that's active in between people while they breathe. So our program is is introducing ion generators and ion cloud into a school bus so that you can breathe a little safer. The issue we see in buildings, which is really the same in a vehicle, a UV light, you can't turn it on in a place where a person is. You can't shine UV light on people. And the filters, filters are awesome. And you should have better filters in a building. And, you know, if you do have cabin filters in a vehicle, you should have them. But 
The problem is if I'm sitting next to you, similarly, if we're in a swimming pool together and, you know, I don't know, say you're in there and I'm covered in mud for some reason and I jump in next to you, you know, the pool filter is going to do a great job eventually, but you're probably not likely to stay near where I am uh, you know, because of what's what's coming out in the water and the virus is the same way. So we, our program is basically bring ionizers into the vehicle so that negative ions are active in between us while we're speaking. And as soon as you breathe out, whatever it is you're breathing out, it's, it's interacting with those particles and becoming neutralized, which makes that air safe to breathe. And on top of that, I mean, school buses, you know, when you have younger kids and older kids, you know, they do gross things. They're loud. They yell, they laugh. And all that can cause more things to come into the air. And you want to you want to treat that. And you also want the driver to feel like, you know, being inside the school bus is a place they want to be again. So that's the gist of it without getting into the technology, really. That's that's what we're we're trying to do. So it's it's not that you can't shine in a UV ray on, on folks. You don't want to. Right. You can't do it for extended periods of time. I mean, you know, you can't avoid it when you right. go out in the sun. And a lot of us do that. But right. For you to put a big UV lamp above a bunch of students, if something adverse were to happen because of that, you know, it's not, we're not allowed to do it in a building at all. So we just imagine, you know, there's no rules for us yet inside a vehicle, but we right. imagine it'd be the same rule. I mean, you just can't do it. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you talk a little bit more about the ionizers that Jackson Control produces? Sure. They're relatively small. You know, they're about two inches by one inch little rectangles. They run off of 12 volts. And basically, if you have you have your main blower in the front of a bus and you might have the heater boxes throughout, some, some have one, some have two, they install right in there with the fan. Uh, they generate about 50 million ions per cubic centimeter at their source. And then the fan disperses them into the air. We have a couple videos out where we have an ion meter will walk through a bus shortly after the system's been turned on and take the ion readings and can prove that it's adequately saturated. It's a little difficult in the school bus because the windows, you know, it's not the greatest windows in the world. They're not as sealed as much as a facility might be. So you over, you over ionize, uh, you go check each vehicle, see how it'll operate with the windows open and make sure, you know, you're getting that, that distribution correct. But uh, they hook right into this signal for the fan. So you would turn on the fan, your heater box. Don't necessarily have to turn the heat on, but you want to have the fan on and be dispersing that cloud. And it uh, it keeps up a level of about 4,000 to 5,000 particles per cubic centimeter, sometimes higher than that if all the windows are closed, which is good. But it's super easy. I mean, they once you hook them in, it's just a small, less than one amp draw device on each box, and they start running as soon as you turn on the fans. Yeah, that's re it's really interesting technology. And I guess, you know, folks being curious would, would want to know how long does an average installation take? So the first time it's installed and whether you're using, you know, a contractor, we would choose a contractor of your own or if you have your own mechanics on staff, the first time you do it, it's going to take about an hour per generator. And you only put one generator in each box. So if you have a, a long bus, you've got, you know, a heater in the back, a heater in the middle, and then your your front blower, you can count on three hours. As you do them, it can get down to where you're doing, you know, three buses in an hour. Uh, and it just it just comes with that practice of, you know, this is the this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take the the cover off, I'm gonna 
mount it in this way. I'm going to connect it into my, my low voltage here, put the cover back on, move to the next one. You know, it gets easier as you go. So you can count on that first, first one taking two to three hours and then it getting much faster as the practice takes place. Now, you know, all of our really technology implementation recently has kind of revolved around, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic. But I think post-pandemic, this technology still has a great utility within the school bus. Um, what are your thoughts on that as, as we kind of hopefully wind our way outside of COVID-19? You're absolutely right. So little history of ionization, this technology is about 100 years old. And recently, I would say starting in mid-70s, ion generators got used a lot in clean rooms and operating rooms. And also there's uh, wards, you know, where people are bedridden. Uh, they installed ion generators and it basically stopped or in some cases 100% just eliminated infections because ionization attacks, it doesn't target COVID-19. It targets any particle with a positive charge or mold, uh, bacteria, allergens, and it does that all the time. So like Google headquarters, the White House, these places have had ionization way before the pandemic because they were, they were in the know. Now why it wasn't installed in every building is just simply because it was an added cost that we didn't really care about until now. So when you put it in, you know, say the COVID-19 pandemic ends, you're still getting great results from having it in there. I mean, it's a it's a mold killer. It neutralizes smells. And, you know, if, if someone comes on with just a simple cold, it's going to also neutralize that for as long as it's running. Which is a question I don't think we asked. These ion generators, they run for about 15 years. They carry a five-year warranty out of the box. But once you put them in, they line up really nicely in this it would be fun to say this was by design, but it's accidental. It's the same with a building control system. You're going to totally retrofit a building control system every 10 to 15 years. Well, I've heard that, you know, 15 years might be as long as you keep a bus. I don't know. Is that, is that right? Right. No, that's the useful use, generally the useful lifespan of a bus. So, yeah. yeah. Totally by accident. Take credit for it, Stephen. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what we should say. (laughs) No, it's just, it's just so happens to be how it works. That's great. That's great. So if folks want to learn more about Jackson Control and the ionizer, you know, where can they go to find that information? Well, they can go to jacksoncontrol.com, but you can also go to YouTube. And if you go to YouTube and type in just Jackson Control Ionization, you'll get several videos. One of them's kind of a cartoon type commercial focused on school buses. And then there's a live action video of a school bus with ionization installed. And then we walk through that bus with the meter, explaining what's going on and, and giving the meter reading of uh, how good the ion saturation is. That's great. Once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, Stephen Heckler, he's general manager over at Jackson Control. Stephen, looking forward to seeing you at the annual meeting and convention. Uh, so glad that you joined uh, NSTA and kind of brought this technology to the forefront uh, within the organization. And uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes of your time and joining us at the bus stop. No problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.